Round one, go. Uh, reporting from uh, Warzone. Uh, reporting from chat. <laughs> Kidding, brother. Uh, yeah, but uh, we are. We're close. We're close to Chaz. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon. This is Doug and Marty versus the world. And if you don't know what Chaz is, it's been all over the national <laughs> news. Seattle's else. making the national news for all the wrong reasons again. 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 Still. I don't even it's think just, it's again. It's just still. No, I, I just, it, seriously, it doesn't matter whether it's homelessness, drug addiction, shooting up, um, giving free heroin on the streets, allowing people to kill themselves. But you this name is it. different. Crazy. This is the sovereign nation of Chaz. The, Cha, the, the Chaz nation, the, what is it, Capitol Hill, uh, what do you call it, zone? Something anyway. Autonomous. Yeah, zone. that's it. <laughs> Autonomous Capitol zone, Hill. Right? I just call it Chaz because it sounds like a cool '80s rock band. But um, it, it, down in Chaz, um, I don't know if you knew knew this, but they ran out of food in one day, mm-hmm. and they were they mm-hmm. were like, "Mom, can you bring me a sandwich? I'm having a revolution here, and don't put too much mayo on it." Right? I mean, yeah, you're right. Well, you. Can't, yeah. I can't. I. Well, you know. Remember in Galaxy Quest when they said, "Well, at least he's out of the house." When he was trying mm-hmm. to get the spaceship to land, that's so, why they're they're thinking. Well, they they took over half of Seattle, but well, at least they're out of the house. Harken back just a couple of years ago, you and I were talking about Walla Walla, right? Walla Walla, the, the city council decided that they're going to have a city block and let it just let the homeless live there. They put them in one area of town, so it'd be all good, right? So they, and then they started and crime got going and drugs got going. They go, no, we're leaving it alone. Then they created a vacuum. They created their own law enforcement there. People would basically guard the block and you have to pay to get in and pay for safety and pay, pay through sex and whatever. Uh, and it was like this mini little uh, territory, right? You think, okay, was, well, how can this happen? It was Mad happen? Max, dude. It was Mad Max. Now so, you uh, have in Seattle the exact same thing. Exactly. And I actually saw that down in Olympia. We were down filming homeless camps and there's a big mm-hmm. homeless camp in Olympia same thing. They they monitor who comes in. You got to have, you know, you got to answer to the, you know, the the, the sovereign guy, the big gang mm-hmm. guy. There is no vacuum. There will there anarchy lasts for about as long as we figure out who the toughest guy is, and then anarchy is over, and you have a a monarchy. You have a. Uh, you will always have leadership of some sort, whether it be a dictatorship, anarchy, like I said, democracy. When these type of things, there always has to be some sort of order and put in place, a pecking order in order to guard. So here, within the first few hours, you know, between the blockade, these these people are extorting business owners, extorting uh, property owners for coming in and out of their area. Are you kidding me? You know, this, but this is all and, led to by poor they've leadership. Be, they've hmm? become... Um, they become a, a great living example of the policies of Donald Trump because look, they they got a wall, right? They mm-hmm. wanted a wall. They 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 got strong borders. They need people to you know they want to know who's coming in and who's coming out. No illegal immigration allowed in Chaz, and um, you know it's just a lot of good fun. point though. They we did. Should, they we should just borders all first. sit back and laugh heartily from our stomachs because when they run out of food and they shut off the internet. But, but, you know, um, this, the, uh, the United States has been sending foreign aid in. We did send in some porta-potties, so they have some sanitation. And um, I'm, I think that some of the, the families of the new country 
are sending right. in some sandwiches. And stuff. Well, to your vegan, point, vegan to sandwich. your point, they established borders. They patrolled it by guns. The idea here, they're establishing a new authority. It's ridiculous. It's like when your kids want to go run away back when you're a kid and you put a, a tent out in the backyard and you say, all right, go run away. And then if you need something, they come to the door and you bring food to them, whatever. This is something when we were little kids, you know, it's like allowing them, okay, go play house for a while until you learn your lesson and then you can come back home. It's, it feels that way in a very dangerous way though. Think about this. These are, then they're demanding of city hall in the city of Seattle. This is a nationwide demanding the defunding of police departments, first of all. But in Seattle, they're demanding, you know, um, no police ever using the, the police precinct as a uh, community center, um, basic living income, just on the wish list goes on. So basically they want free food, free housing, no police. How's that going to work? It's not going to work. It's like, okay, to be anarchy for a while. Well, and then already, be they already have right? their own police force. You know, what they, what they don't want is they don't want the police that doesn't agree with them. They don't want the police that tells them they can't do that. They want well, I know police. we don't get too off tangent, but you know what's funny about that? You, you know, for a fact, as adults, we know that the police force that comes in their place will be worse than what we have and by far. And they won't agree with them because they won't want to do what they want to do all the time, right? If you want to bring order, people that want disorder will disagree with it, don't you think? Okay, well, so now President Trump has tweeted uh, mm-hmm. earlier this week, he was saying, uh, get control of your city or I will. What do you suppose that means? Are we going to see an invasion of the United States uh, military? No, we were talking off the air too with our special guest shortly, but it was one of those things where he's a master. He's masterful. He doesn't come across as being the most brilliant guy in the world, but he keeps on doing these things where he thinks he's, where he's, it appears that he's like five steps ahead of everybody else. So he says, if you don't do something, I'll do it. Well, you know, there, that triggers the political leaders on the left, like Inslee. And he's always calling Inslee out because Inslee is a buffoon on these things. So, you know, the same thing before when he said, look, um, I have total control and I can do what I want. I can open up the economy if I choose to. All the governors, Democrat governors, threw a fit and said, no, 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 you don't have the right. Governors do. And he goes, oh, okay, go ahead. Governors then will open up the economy one by one. And they're like, oh, you tricked them, right? I think this is one of those things where now they're going to take back this police station. Is it reverse psychology, brothers? You mm-hmm. do, do I, re- I used to do reverse psychology on my kids. Now they're doing it on me. But um, yeah, okay. So who's, who's in charge? The adult in charge or is the kids in charge? Right. So right now the kids are in charge. They're out in the backyard in a, in a sheet tent with a candle. It, in many ways, and when the, the chocolate the chip cookies ad- are gone. Yes. The old adage that the inmates are running the asylum, it feels that way right now, where the inmates are running the asylum with the, with the crazy ideas. We should get back to true well, leadership. Mayor, Mayor Durkin, right? She, you're talking about her, right? I mean, the, the fact mm-hmm. that they would allow this, you know, well, mm-hmm. they're just, you know, they're mostly peaceful protesters or whatever as they spray. So actually the, the new cops in, in the, um, the, the budding nation of Chaz, uh, mm-hmm. did actually stop a guy from doing graffiti because now that it's their neighborhood, they don't want it. No more. There you go. Ownership or the, the possession does lead to some kind of leadership. You know, uh, I will say this, this is, this is um, when you take things to the next level where the natural progression will be this, this idea of lawlessness, not prosecuting crime, allowing people to die on the street, to shoot them, shoot, shoot up with needles, you name it. And going after the police time and time again, these, these, these forces, Something like this happens and the, police, and the city council and the mayor basically tell the police, don't defend yourself. 
don't do this. And they have barricades. Remove the barricades because that's sending the wrong signal. So the police go, all right, fine, we're, we're leaving. They, they vacate the entire East Precinct and give in. That's not, what kind of message does that send? It, 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 this will happen again. And that the leadership, to Trump's point, others, is should never let that happen. So let me just ask you this. What happened when the bully asked you for your lunch money and you gave it to him? No, I never did. No. I got in a fight. I'm, just, I'm talking about oh, hypothetically. Yeah. Yes. I'm not talking about strong leadership. I'm talking about wimpy leadership. So what happened to the kid that, you know, had the tape mm-hmm. on his glasses and, and the bully says, give me your lunch money, and he gives it to him? What happens the next day? Yep, same thing happens again. And, Takes it from and it gets more again. and more, right? It gets worse and more. So basically, when you give in to bullies, you know, weakness. Uh, I do want to give a big shout-out to Tim Iman, though. I mean, Tim Iman went down in there, and he, he actually was interacting and, you know, to the, mm-hmm. you know, the – his danger of himself, I was talking to our friend Glenn Morgan, and he's like, he needs to carry and he needs to wear Kevlar if he's going to be doing that crap. There's going to be no consequences to anybody that kills him. And I said, no, no, I don't think they're going to get away with murder. He goes, no, I think they'd get away with murder. I'm like, well, even if they don't get away with murder, you're still dead. So wear your Kevlar, Tim. I'm in, and yeah, be safe, be smart, right? There. I mean, you walk right into it. That's crazy, man. I'm telling you, I'm, hats off. Hats off to the guy. There yeah. we go. But to your point that we've got a lot of weak leadership in the state, and you see it when you, when you see people want answers. They want leadership that says, this is how we're going to fix it. We're going to take a necessary action. We're going to allow people to have their First Amendment rights and so forth. But you cannot destroy things. You cannot loot. You can't kill yourself. These are crazy stuff. And it's time for a drastic change in these elections coming up. Do you think, Marty, that this yeah. might be a, the reason they're allowing it and focusing on it and all the media and everything? is because of all the stuff that's going on with, with Bill Barr, the AG of the United States and Clinton testifying and Rose and right, stuff. Right. There's like zero coverage of that because we got to cover Chaz now. Okay. I will say a couple of things. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I completely agree with you that there's a, a look over here scenario going on because they've uh, subpoenaed Hillary. They've got um, Barr and then uh, uh, Lindsey Graham pulling all these things into with different subpoenas. All the, the Russia collusion things is being investigated. So yeah, they're not covering that because this is front and center. Number two, though, I saw this today and it ticked me off. You know how we're one of two states in the nation that has not adopted the real ID laws? What that means is basically there, to, be, to be compliant, to fly, we have to be able to check citizenship. We have to make sure that our, our license and our, our, our birth certificate and all stuff line up, right? We've been pushing that off for, for years and have pushed off again until this year, and we're coming up on our deadline. Because of COVID, they said, we're going to push it off till 2021 now. What that means is past the 2020 election. If you're worried about election fraud and you wanted to clean up the, the voter rolls and, and actually keep it a tight end to 48 of the other states are doing, try, trying to make sure that we actually have citizen voting, uh, you should be upset. Uh, the idea that we have same-day voter registration in the state, that they're renting stadiums for last-minute voters in our state, and the fact that they've delayed the implementation of the real ID laws, this is also something that we were not paying attention to, and it happened under the cover of the riots and the COVID-19. So to your point, Doug, yeah, I think it's a lot of misdirection. And it's also, I think, the more we're focused on this, we're not focused on who the candidates are to kick Inslee out of office and the rest of them. So. Um, so the, basically you're agreeing with me. 
you're saying yes this i'm is agreeing a, with you this Doug, is a red herring look at the red herring over here look at this mm-hmm. look at the covid 19 thing we haven't even talked about that right i mean the rioters right. for some reason don't get it like nobody get can get coronavirus if you're if you're protesting a, a george floyd you know police brutality thing but if you if you do your second amendment down in olympia and you have a rally down there all oh, those people are crazy they're out of control they're they're gonna destroy our society I know they, they follow data and science. Remember, Inslee always says, follow the science, follow the data. Apparently, the yeah. science is if your political leaning ends up, ends up being left and you're doing it for those type of reasons, then it doesn't affect you. So You're far less to likely your, to contract the, the, the yes. COVID-19, the, the Wuhan, Chinese Wuhan coronavirus. And, someone called it the CCCP virus. Yeah. You know, that's it, basically we just did a whole hour's worth of content in one section. That's going to leave a lot of time for our guest when we come back. That's from good. Break. I Patiently was just kind of waiting. like pacing myself here. Well, this is Doug Bassler and Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. Now you can have that slimmer, stronger, sexier government that you've always wanted. Get rid of that unwanted bureaucratic flab and feel Washington like you never have before. It's Marty McClendon for Lieutenant Governor. Marty McClendon will be Washington's personal trainer for a better administration. More muscle and less fat. That's what you want, right? Marty will keep a watchful eye on both sides of the aisle for you. This time, vote Marty McClendon for Lieutenant Governor. Paid for by friends of Marty McClendon. For our government to work the way it was intended, citizens from all walks of life must volunteer to run for elected offices. But how do you begin? EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com can help. You'll receive expert help to navigate your campaign and communicate your message. From candidate filing to voters' pamphlet statements, fundraising, and social media, you'll find what you need to run an effective and affordable campaign. EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com. The road to victory starts here. This is Claire. Claire has a great business, and she wanted to advertise on YouTube, but she didn't know how. It was all so confusing. Setting up an account, choosing keywords and demographics, and she didn't know how to make a video. Then Claire discovered the secret to great YouTube ads. The experts at EasyYouTubeAds.com took care of all the details, from account setup and management to producing her video ads. Now Claire's friends all want to know how she got so smart. EasyYouTubeAds.com. No experience necessary. Ah, two bells. It must be round two. Doug and Marty versus the world. I just happen to be Doug. And I just happen to be Marty. Marty McClendon. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. We appreciate you all across our big, beautiful state in eastern Washington here. And, I, and we have parts a, of the state that are not parts of the state anymore, like Chaz. So welcome. That's true. Welcome, that citizens true. of Chaz. Hopefully, this is radio-free Chaz. <laughs> radio-free Chaz. Oh, see, <laughs> one thing before we go to our very special guest, it's very important to me and me only. The other night, I'm at home, and I know that those that are on the west side of the mountains often, oftentimes say, we don't hear your show anymore. I go, well, we, we podcast it afterwards. We take the show after it airs live across the state on Saturday, and we put it back on our website and our Facebook page and so forth. Um, but that's about it. And so the other night I'm in my office, I go, huh, I wonder if I call out to a certain listening device um, with a girl's name from Amazon. And I say, hey, you know, um, Alexa, play, play Doug, Doug and Marty. Marty. Yeah. 
Yeah, Doug and Marty versus the world, you know, and lo and behold, it says now playing Doug and Marty versus the world, the latest podcast, and starts playing our show. And I'm so like, if you have an oh, echo, that's too cool. If you have Alexa, you can listen to Doug and Marty versus the world. That's so cool. Yep. So, and I text Doug and he tried it. It worked for him too. So it will work for you too. So if you missed the show for whatever reason, you know, you're forgiven first of all, but second of all, you can go back and listen to past episodes by your smart device. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. All around the world. Thank you, Jeff Bezos. First, first big thing you've done for me all day. There we go. Now to our very special guest. This is interesting. Most of the statewide offices or races right now have basically a bajillion candidates. The governor's office has 36 candidates, you know, my lieutenant governor race. There's 11 of us in the race. Attorney general, I think there's four or five. This is the auditor's race, the state auditor. There's only one Republican in the race, so it's an easy choice. But even if he wasn't the only choice, he'd be the best choice. And so our today's guest is Chris Leba. He's running for uh, state auditor. And he's fascinating in the, what the auditor can, auditor can do and what they will do. Um, we need a, a good Republican conservative auditor in our state. And Chris Labo, thank you very much for joining the show. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks for running, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me tonight. You know, uh, there's a lot of, lot of stuff going on in, in uh, you know, kind of this auditing, inspecting kind of thing right now. I mean, like, you know, that's, that's kind of how you find out, you know, whose hand's been in the cookie jar and stuff, right? Yep, absolutely. And uh, I mean, unfortunately, we've had a few situations this year that uh, if we're either going to need audits on them or actually they should have already been started. But yeah, uh, it, we have the auditor's office is supposed to be your chief government oversight officer of the state. And uh, we definitely need some oversight after what we've seen in 2020. Well, before that as well, so we've had 35 years of one party rule. You would think you would have a, you'd have to have a double the size of office to actually uh, champion or go after these things. But you're right. The very first thing, of course, is the almost a billion dollars stolen by a Nigerian prince. By the way, Doug may want to be on your team just to go to Nigeria to track that money down for you. you know, <laughs> just in case we can't find it, right? Thanks, Marty. Appreciate that. Well, in fairness, well, next time so- I get it, next time I get an email from the Nigerian prince with several million dollars they want to give me, I'm going to know they actually have the money now, thanks to Jay Ansley. There, there we go. And Chris? Said, well, in fairness, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I've been, I've been harping on this for the past few weeks as far as we need to get an internal audit of the processes surrounding employment security. Um, this all started, you know, 2018, 2019, the state government centralized IT services. And the whole idea, ironically enough, was to not only make it more convenient for state uh, agencies to use IT, but to improve cybersecurity. Additionally, Employment Security Department paid $44 million for a new system to better secure the, uh, the unemployment uh, division within, the, within our state. And lo and behold, here we are. So, you know, I've been harping on this for about three, almost four weeks now, and uh, about 48 hours ago, the state auditor's office actually released a memo saying, well, this is an FBI issue. This is a criminal matter. Of course, we wouldn't get involved in this. The FBI is um, over trying to figure out where this money went, which, no, Um, obviously, the state auditor is not responsible for criminal investigation, but my whole point the entire time has been, you can absolutely go in and check what process has failed here. 
Well, uh, after, after that memo came out, I actually found two state audits that were performed in 2014 and 2016 by the previous auditor, Troy Kelly. Um, and despite the fact that he ended up going to prison at the end of his term, uh, he was able to actually audit the Employment Security Department twice in his term. And both times, Employment Security was found to have made overpayments. One of them, in March of 2016, they paid $656,000 more in payments that they shouldn't have to Washington State prisoners. So clearly this is a uh, problem that's been going on for a while. So number one, where was the follow-up on those audits? And number two, that kind of proves that we can go in and do these audits. Well, if you've been paying attention to the news in the last 24 hours, now all of a sudden they're going in and they're doing the audits. Um, so I'm, you know, I, I credit that to the people that are following my campaign and really mm -hmm. putting the pressure on because they've been reaching out. But I'm glad that at least it's getting done. Now, on, on um, my um, Facebook thing with you and me, did Mondays with Marty, uh, we were talking about the, what, what you can go in anywhere as an auditor and audit anything across the state, including the governor, the, uh, the attorney general, the, uh, the legislature. It's kind of, I didn't know that. And then, of course, what do you do with the audits is a different story. But talk about that, the Office of Auditor and kind of it's statewide, as you said before, and um, basically how you would go about choosing where to start which, and where to audit. Well, yeah. So the state auditor's office, a lot of people, first of all, don't even know we have one. Um, but if they do know what we have one, they really don't have a full understanding of what it does. Um, part of that could be that it's been held by the Democrats since 1933 in Washington. But um, part of it also could be that we, we really don't have a forward-facing auditor's office. Now, what's unique about the auditor, the state auditor is, yes, we actually can go into any county, local, or state agency and check internal processes. Uh, traditionally, that means going in and looking at what was your budget and did you actually spend to that budget and were there any misappropriation of funds? But in 2005, we all voted for Initiative 900, which then gave the auditor's office the ability to go in and actually do performance audits, which is okay, you told us how, how you spent the money, but was it really the most efficient way? So um, the role has changed over the years and it has become far more comprehensive, um, which is great because it does give us a very powerful tool to look for problems in the government if used appropriately. Now, on that note, I know le the legislator, legislature sets sort of these targets for the different agencies and the agencies pull it out. So on a performance audit, let's say uh, LNI for that matter, there's a budget for, <laughs> budget for them um, that they, they will come back to the legislator and say, hey, here's what our targets are as far as serving people, getting them back to work, paying out and so forth. Can that be changed? Because oftentimes, besides legislature, from an auditing standpoint, if they just meet what they say they're going to do, but it really doesn't serve the purposes of the people, is it the legislature that fixes that or is it the auditor that fixes that? <laughs> No, it would be the legislature. Ultimately, what the auditor's job is to do is um, they act, like I said before, the chief inspector, they're, they're, you're, they're your chief government oversight officer for the state. So um, they do not actually write the laws. They don't actually set the budgets. They just evaluate, is everything actually being used correctly? And traditionally, that's an accounting role. But um, it has been expanded to, again, a policy uh, oversight role as well. And a lot of times, you know, our, our, our state legislatures, they're part-time employees. They, you know, they're full-time if, they, if you really think about it. But um, they don't have, sometimes they don't have the knowledge of what's going on in 
uh, you know, fish and wildlife or DOT. Um, and these performance audits give us the ability to show them these processes are either really great and we need to keep funding them or they're breaking down and we need some changes. Agreed. And before I go f- way too far away from what you said before, they said um, the employment security department spent $44 million on IT, right? Basically upgrading their security for uh, cybersecurity. They didn't happen to farm that out to Nigeria, did they? Just saying. Um, Maybe the production, uh, you never know. <laughs> there can be a connection to visa the- holders from Nigeria. That's <laughs> uh, interesting theory, Marty. Well, well, you're, running for, uh, you're running for lieutenant governor, right? So just checking. Yeah, I'm, I, a little joke there, but the a idea is you don't know. I, uh, Chris isn't joking about auditing. This is serious. Well, when you stuff. think you about this, just- it's, it's kind of funny in a way, but not. You have. You can look at any agency. We've had Glenn Morgan on the show before talking about fraud and waste and abuse where things aren't just non-efficient. They're really off where, you know, every year we need more and more money. And you would think, and especially in this economy where we're at, that haven't been shut down for months and they're going to be talking about income taxes and capital gains taxes and all these other things, more pressure on businesses that, an auditor will come in and say, no, no, let's go find a place where we can clean this up. We'll do performance audits to where we can save money and do things more efficiently, report back to the legislature, legisl- hey, we got places we can save money. What do you think, Chris? Well, absolutely, and, and the Democrats actually already played their card on that today. Frank Chop released his $2 billion increase for COVID-19 uh, recovery, which includes a capital gains tax. So uh, the it's on the table, people. Washington State, you, you're voting against income tax or for it, depending on your party this year. But just to get back to the point before, I, I know we're coming close to a break, um, we are going to have, you know, they're talking 7 to $8 billion over the next three years. We're going to have a deficit. And it doesn't help that we spent 17% more than we did last year, even though we had a budget surplus this year. Um, we are going to have to make some cuts. And I think that there's ways to make cuts without people because there are so many bad processes that we can actually just move people around to make it more efficient for Washington citizens. So actually keep, That's fantastic. Keep, our, uh, keep our staffing levels at, you know, pretty decent, you know, wherever they're at, but, you know, retrain and stuff like that. Although I'm, I'm a big fan of huge government layoffs. I'd like to lay off pretty much all the Dems. Thank you. Um, I think it's great because I want to actually have a government be more efficient and actually work for the people. And if Absolutely. you have audits to actually show that they, the way you can do it, what a tool you can use partnering with the different offices like the auditor, lieutenant governor, governor, and so forth. That's why these elections are Yeah, and, it, it, and it's, it's, it's exciting that, you know, you're in. Thank God, you know, Chris is running. We have people that are running. Let's get in. Let's support them. Let's, uh, you know, do our best. We're going to be back with more after the break. My name's Doug Bassler. And my name's Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. Now you can have that slimmer, stronger, sexier government that you've always wanted. Get rid of that unwanted bureaucratic flab and feel Washington like you never have before. It's Marty McClendon for Lieutenant Governor. Marty McClendon will be Washington's personal trainer for a better administration. More muscle and less fat. That's what you want, right? Marty will keep a watchful eye on both sides of the aisle for you. This time, vote Marty McClendon for Lieutenant Governor. Paid for by friends of Marty McClendon. 
When you want to take your business to the next level, nothing drives traffic and increases sales like TV advertising. And EasyTVSpots.com is your best choice for high quality, effective TV ads. Contact us today to learn how easy it is to reach thousands of your ideal prospects with targeted, addressable TV. Grow your sales, revenue, and profit the easy way with EasyTVSpots.com. Broadcast, cable, and online TV made easy. This is Claire. Claire has a great business and she wanted to advertise on YouTube, but she didn't know how. It was also confusing. Setting up an account, choosing keywords and demographics, and she didn't know how to make a video. Then Claire discovered the secret to great YouTube ads. The experts at EasyYouTubeAds.com took care of all the details from account setup and management to producing her video ads. Now Claire's friends all want to know how she got so smart. EasyYouTubeAds.com. No experience necessary. For our government to work the way it was intended, citizens from all walks of life must volunteer to run for elected offices. But how do you begin? EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com can help. You'll receive expert help to navigate your campaign and communicate your message. From candidate filing to voters' pamphlet statements, fundraising, and social media, you'll find what you need to run an effective and affordable campaign. EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com. The road to victory starts here. Three bells and all is well. We're just getting our second wind ready for the next round. Doug and Marty versus the world. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon. You know what's funny about this? We have a very special guest staying with us, believe it or not, all across this eastern Washington. I'm thinking about it. The audience, there is such a diverse, and not the diverse like in, in the Chaz zone, but diverse as far as agriculture, <laughs> ranching, dams, farm, and you name it across eastern Washington. It's a beautiful country, uh, different industries, but a huge $14 billion a year in agriculture, you know, and through trade and getting out, you know, and they're being devastated through this shutdown. So, I, I know we're talking to the state auditor candidate, Chris Leba, who's going to kick out um, Pat McCarthy out of the office and actually bring sanity to state government, to uh, performance audits. But Chris, what would the auditor's office um, really benefit those in Eastern Washington and what, those talking about uh, power and uh, agriculture and those type of things? Any thoughts? Well, there's a couple different things. Specific to the office, I, you know, we have a problem that I like to call permanent Olympia. Um, we do not pay attention to all four corners of this state, and we don't really try and realize and respect the different things that might be going on in different parts of the state. Um, there's kind of a controversial lawsuit actually going on uh, somewhere I'm going this weekend up in Stevens County that was the direct result of the Washington State Auditor. Um, basically what happened was the Stevens County Commissioners gave about $121,000 worth of homelessness grants to two different programs. One of those programs was a man who, he was a local football hero, local, you know, well-known guy in Colville and uh, ended up paralyzed, quadriplegic, and living in his parents' garage because, uh, you know, he's basically homeless. So they funded a project through a nonprofit that ended up building a facility out there that anybody with spinal cord injuries can actually go there, live there, uh, enjoy the amenities and, and rehabilitate. Um, and, you know, the, the, the audit pointed out the, this letter of the law uh, aspect under RCW as far as the money has to be used for the poor and infirm. And, you know, to their credit, the Stevens County commissioners, when they responded to that audit, they're like, 
what are you talking about? This is a clearly infirm individual that we've proven, you know, he's homeless if he doesn't have special uh, circumstances. And, you know, and now they're being sued. These county commissioners are being sued by their local prosecutor uh, uh, to get that money back. And, you know, there's a couple different layers there. First of all, the, the interpretation of the language in the law, that's something that needs to be looked at, maybe by the attorney general's office, maybe by the legislature. But at the end of the day, um, the state auditor, you know, they wrote that the Stevens County response was pages, it was pages long justifying why they did this, why they interpreted the RCW a certain way. And the auditor wrote them two sentences back. And, you know, I, I look at that and I think, that is not customer service. Um, these people are now being sued and potentially being uh, individually sued without immunity. And, you know, the, if, if you're going to make a ruling like that, especially on RCW, where you could even have a criminal implication, um, we need to do a better job either explaining ourselves or at least getting more information to see if maybe there, maybe there really is a reason there. If we can fund, you know, needle exchanges in downtown Seattle, we can, we can fund a rehabilitation facility for veterans and people who have been paralyzed in this state. Mm -hmm. So I hear um, you get, once again, you have big government using the power of government and put their thumb on the citizens and local, uh, local jurisdictions out oh, in Eastern Washington. So that's what isn't supposed to happen. So you would be there to provide better service. I get it. That's good. What else? Well, the other thing that I, and, and this actually kind of transcends all, I think all Republicans this year, um, I have a, I have a, a, you know, a model I call Team Washington on my, on my social media. And what I've done with that is I've looked at, you know, what is our value proposition as Washington State Republicans? You know, the Democrats are going to give you free college, free medical, free, free, free. And I don't actually believe a lot of people my age really actually value free because there's no, there's no value in free. You don't earn anything. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you look at a 25-year-old kid in this state, they can't buy a house. They can't have a family with two kids. They probably will spend most of their adult life paying off college. And we have all these other opportunities around the state to expand good jobs for these people. Um, so I look at it as, uh, you know, what can we do from the public sector to really help that? And one thing I look at is the idea of public dollars reinstituting a national fair market. And what I mean by that is when we're spending tax dollars, dollars that you already had to give up to the Washington state government, we should always try and prioritize buying materials, manufacturing services, and labor from Washington State first, and then the domestic U.S. after that. Um, because we're already spending your money. We might as well spend it putting it in a neighbor's pocket and giving them a good job. Mm -hmm. I think it's a fantastic idea. It's like make America first, but make Washington first. The idea here is and we are rich in resources that we, first of all, don't use wisely or don't use at all, whether it be the timber industry or whatever. But if we're buying locally, we're supporting local businesses, we're helping people get jobs here. We're, you know, and from my point is, is I want to expand the trade. So we actually have the workforce here to bring more employers here. It just makes perfect sense um, that you basically would grow our economy. And so we have a better future for our kids and our families and, and all citizens of Washington. And what you started off with is the work ethic. We grew up with the idea that we found value in work. We found pride in work. When we're allowed to, to have the freedom to choose where we work and, and what we make of ourselves, it, it's something that drives success. It tries, drives risk. It drives um, those things. But it drives sort of that generational, generational um, transfer of values. When you don't have that, you get a victim or you become, you know, I need, need a bigger government. 
And no, we need a smaller government. We need a government that is responsive to the people that says we'll do only what you can't do. So that's good. I like that. Well, and, and we need government that's not contrarian. And what I mean mm-hmm. by that, another place I'm going this weekend is uh, I'm going up to Ponderay County, um, kind of tour the different parts of the county. And, you know, you look at Jay Inslee brought it well. He, he assisted in bringing in uh, a company to build a silicone smelter out there. And it was and, and believe me, there are people on both sides of the issue up there, but it was highly controversial because silicone manufacturing, if you look up the process, it is a very big pollutant. Um, it, it causes a lot of pollution, um, which you would think the governor that ran for president on environmentalism wouldn't really necessarily like that, right? But in the meantime, you know, another good job industry up in that county that they can't get anywhere, any, uh, anywhere with Olympia on is hydroelectric dams. You know, Grant Cooley, that's a big employer in Grant Cooley and Pontaroy could do it, but they can't get any traction. So, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to be an environmentalist Olympia, but then not allow environmentalist projects to give good jobs in Pontaroy, what are we doing? Yeah, well, it's one of those, first of all, it's the NIMBY, right? Not in my backyard. Well, it's over there, right? That's why they put the, like the homeless encampments or the, you know, the prisons in some of our communities, you know, the, Even the, the safe injection sites, right? It's like, well, not in my neighborhood. No, no, no. It's not that way. And secondly, right, it's, it's a political agenda. We know that hydroelectric power is clean energy. Not only does it provide energy, but it provides irrigation in all of our central Washington. And you're right. It, it creates jobs. We should be an exporter of energy, not a, you know, trying to shut things down like the industry and the timber industry as well. So the interesting Absolutely. stuff. Yeah. So, um, I'm, you know, my question now is I know that state law requires the auditor's office to also audit, audit local governments, right? I mean, you have to audit, like, is that county, civic, even like water districts and stuff like that? Is that right, Chris? Yep. Everything all the way down to cemetery, water districts, hospital districts, all of it. Okay. And then normally what you do is you're just, they're submitting, you know, financials to you guys? Is, is that how it kind of works? Yeah, the, the, I would say probably a good 90% of the work in the office is on a calendar. It's on a rotating calendar where you're going into all these different levels of government and just checking that they are spending their budget the way they said they would and making sure there's no uh, necessarily fraud or improper payments, so on and so forth. Okay. And so um, what, what, authority do you have if you find something that's that's weird okay let's say we find out that dow constantine's not supposed to be using taxpayer dollars for his limousines like he does what can we do <laughs> well um so what happens with that is it, it it becomes a funding in the audit uh we will do a finding we will decide you know, we'll, we'll evaluate how much money we'll try and put a dollar amount to that um obviously in the case of a limousine it would be wear and tear plus lease costs gas so on and so forth um, and then that would go in the initial report as a finding, which then the King County executive would have the ability to respond to that finding. Um, now, in the case of if, if it looks like it actually is a theft um, or it's a fraudulent reporting of funds, we would actually send that over to the Washington State Attorney General for prosecution. So we're not actually accusing Dow Constantine of theft or misappropriation mm-hmm. of funds, but I mean, if the shoe fits. Um, Again, we're there's also another now. reason there, though. We, we love definitely you, Dow. Mem- We know you want remember last there. week we had Matt Larkin on our show. 
we need Chris Labor to get elected. I mean, we need Matt Larkin to be the attorney general because if you if Chris Labor sends over a finding <laughs> for Dow Constantine to Bob Ferguson, he may come back against everything. Chris Labor, so. can, I, listen, if you're listening to this program, you know we're going to tell you to vote Republican, and we know you're going to we're going to tell you to vote. But I mean, this stuff matters. This isn't just Chris in Olympia, you know, you know, pushing around with all the. I mean, there, believe me, there's plenty of stuff to audit in Olympia, but this this is for every county in Washington state, every, every municipality, every, every government, uh, organization. And it's important. And it's not like Chris is going to be out there like, Oh, I'm going to get you. You know, you're there to help them. Right. I mean, ultimately it's there to help them. Right. Yeah, no. So my, my philosophy in life is you win more friends with honey than vinegar. Um, the auditor's office is not supposed to be uh, necessarily the carrot and stick model. You're supposed to be trying to guide people into better processes to make our government work well. The stick comes later if we can't make that work or if we find egregious misconduct. Right. Well, you know, when I'm making ribs, I like honey and vinegar. So both of them are good. Um, this is, ah, we're coming up on a break. This is Doug Bassler. <laughs> <laughs> and Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. Ribs do sound good, though. It does sound good. It's barbecue season, brother. We'll be back for the break. Now you can have that slimmer, stronger, sexier government that you've always wanted. Get rid of that unwanted bureaucratic flab and feel Washington like you never have before. It's Marty McClendon for Lieutenant Governor. Marty McClendon will be Washington's personal trainer for a better administration. More muscle and less fat. That's what you want, right? Marty will keep a watchful eye on both sides of the aisle for you. This time, vote Marty McClendon for Lieutenant Governor. Paid for by friends of Marty McClendon. This is Claire. Claire has a great business, and she wanted to advertise on YouTube, but she didn't know how. It was all so confusing. Setting up an account, choosing keywords and demographics, and she didn't know how to make a video. <sighs> then Claire discovered the secret to great YouTube ads. The experts at EasyYouTubeAds.com took care of all the details, from account setup and management to producing her video ads. Now Claire's friends all want to know how she got so smart. EasyYouTubeAds.com. No experience necessary. For our government to work the way it was intended, citizens from all walks of life must volunteer to run for elected offices. But how do you begin? EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com can help. You'll receive expert help to navigate your campaign and communicate your message. From candidate filing to voters' pamphlet statements, fundraising, and social media, you'll find what you need to run an effective and affordable campaign. EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com. The road to victory starts here. Now you can have that slimmer, stronger, sexier government that you've always wanted. Get rid of that unwanted bureaucratic flab and feel Washington like you never have before. It's Marty McClendon for Lieutenant Governor. Marty McClendon will be Washington's personal trainer for a better administration. More muscle and less fat. That's what you want, right? Marty will keep a watchful eye on both sides of the aisle for you. This time, vote Marty McClendon for Lieutenant Governor. Paid for by friends of Marty McClendon. Four bells. You know what that is, Marty. Mm, final call? Last call? Saddest Maybe. on the radio, baby. Oh, saddest I know. Fourth and final round. Doug and Marty versus the world. But we're going to go out winners. That's right. We're going to go out we winners. Are. I got my fist right. clenched. I'm ready nice. to attack the city of, I mean, the country of Chaz. Uh, you know, I still see flying V guitars and uh, lots of hair. Chaz. 
I mean, that sounds Chaz, like a bad 80s mother. rock band. As, as a former 80s rock band member yourself, oh, yeah, you would know. So. If I had the name Chaz, I could have been like, a, I could have been in one of the biggest bands in the land. I could have probably been, you know, the bass player for Van Halen or something. But I could, no, I, I could picture you. I could picture you right now as Angus Young with the shorts on, my, with the guitar. Yeah, but see, there's, there you go. There's another great name, Angus, right? My, right? my mom and dad named me Doug. It's like my kids actually asked me the question yesterday. How many rock stars do you know that are named Doug? I'm like, that's the only one. And I never made it. <laughs> I was, I should have so, changed my name to Chaz and I'd have the, been fine. That's funny. So, you know, before we go to our guest uh, and the final segment here, um, did you see the, uh, the round table that um, president Trump had? He had um, the surgeon general, people from uh, Texas, pastors there. One of the pastors I think you and I met on the, actually on the show when we went back to DC yeah. um, was there. And then they were talking about, there's about an hour and 10 minute long video. If you can find it on Facebook, people, uh, it was on Thursday that he had the, the round table is fantastic. But about 54 minutes in, if you want to look at it, there, there was a young man that spoke and he's, he was preaching my language, dude. It, everything we've been talking about for years now, he said, look, we need Jesus and we need fathers. And he went off and, and, and listed all the stats about how in these communities, the root cause and the root problem, he said, you're five times more likely to um, be basically to be in jail without a father. And you're four times more likely to have poverty without a father. And we're five times more likely to drop out of high school without a father. We yeah, have to restore fathers. 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 It was like, bam. Yeah, right and so, on. And of course, yeah. the other big, uh, the other good thing this week, uh, the R90 initiative, uh, mm -hmm. a referendum, uh, 266,000, nearly double the number of signatures necessary on that. And, and we did it immediately. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And all the people across the state that worked their tail off to get signatures, bravo. We, this, this should send a loud, clear message to Olympia. And, then, and we should follow this up by throwing out the people that voted for this at two o'clock in the morning on party lines and Chris that want to sexualize your kids. That guy. Yep. But you saw after the, that number of ballots to turned in record number of uh, initiative uh, signatures turned in, I should say. Yep. Um, they're immediately saying, well, no, nope, we're going to go after you uh, Ferguson because you got the signatures during the shutdown. It is, you know, they're going to fight this tooth and nail. And, and this is why we have to change those people that are in office. And that's why we're visiting with Chris Leva today, who's running for state auditor. Yep. You know, just like Lieutenant Governor's not very sexy, the auditor doesn't spark people go, oh, I want to be auditor someday. But it's so important. And like Chris said, 1933, last time we had a Republican in the office, I think it's time for a change. I yeah. Think Accountability is, is so key. And, um, you know, why not? Why not give the Republicans a chance? Let's give Chris a chance. All we are saying is give Chris a chance. There you go. So what do you think about that? I, you, you got music and everything. <laughs> well, and you know, ultimately, the, the, the weird thing about this office is it's, it is kind of like OSPE and, uh, you know, office superintendent in that really what is a Republican audit? What is a Democrat audit? Mm -hmm. um, it's supposed to be an objective fact-based report. And, you know, I believe that there are times in, in the history of the office that it has been. And I, but I also believe that there is partisanship built into it and certain things are audited when certain things are not audited. And a lot of that I believe is, is partisan. You know, we, we look at 
one of the biggest issues in our state, especially since we were all uh, uh, robbed of our $30 tabs after all, uh, you know, Sound Transit. Now, mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it's because she was the chair of Sound Transit Regional Council before she became <laughs> state auditor. You don't but know? You, you know, we, uh, we haven't seen saying, a God completed... <laughs> Well, we haven't seen a completed, you know, audit of Sound Transit. You know, allegedly one's been going on since last April. Well, we know they spent a million dollars on a party one day. That was cool. That must have been a heck and, of a and party. Exactly. Yeah. Opening up UW Station. And exactly. That is exactly why those things need to be checked. But, you know, and then you look at public safety. Public safety, you know, we, we have a big public safety question in the United States right now. Uh, you know, cops are, you know, they're in a rough spot. And, um you know, this state passed I-940 because it wanted to hold law enforcement, which I am, a, I am an officer, I'm a police officer, it wanted to hold us to a higher standard and it wanted way more transparency in our investigations. And, mm -hmm. you know, we, we haven't really seen any sort of look into that. Uh, you know, we could partner very easily with WASPIC, which is Washington Association of Sheriffs and Police Chiefs, to go in and look at some of the things, look at some of the, uh, you know, things that were established under I-940 and say, is the training great? Is CJTC giving enough training to our officers under this? Or, you know, do we need to do more for our communities as far as putting good trained cops on the road? Mm -hmm. So note, Chris, if, we go ahead, if we just go ahead and defund the police, that will help the training, right? You get better training with an unfunded police department. Is that kind of the deal well, there? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm kind of shady on this whole defund the police, good, bad thing. Is that a good thing or bad thing? Well, in the last 72 hours, I've seen it gone for a, go from defund the police to, well, defund doesn't mean shut them down. It just means cut their budget to now it's, I think the Seattle Times had an inquest into the budget. Um, but here's the deal. Uh, you know, and I'm going to say this right now. I've been doing this for 11 years. I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of different police officers. If anybody I've ever worked with saw me do something criminal or saw me do something like what happened in Minneapolis, they would have stopped it. Period. Mm -hmm. Washington police officers, they, they would not have tolerated it. Um, you know, we are very highly trained. We have a very long academy because we, we expect a very high standard of policing out here. Um, and, you know, but you know what? We also have to realize that there, there's a history there. There's a history with certain communities that don't feel there's trust. And, and I believe, you know, you know, organizations like I'm a part of, I'm a part of the Fraternal Order of Police, they, they sat down at the table with the, with the people who drafted I-940 to come up with compromises. Um, and that's what it has to be. You know, it's, it's, it's a rough subject, and I, I obviously have to be careful um, when I talk about it. But, you know, I believe there's room for, for negotiation, and, and, and I'm, I'm proud that some organizations on both sides of this issue are working together in this state. So. Well, I think the idea that, that, that Washington police officers are – hunting down targeting and killing unarmed black men to be a little preposterous i just don't see that as being happening well and you know there are tough circumstances like what happened in south carolina where that's what it looked like you know what that officer was charged you know mm -hmm. what happened down in uh it was a dallas or houston uh where the officer went into the wrong apartment that officer was charged with murder and convicted mm -hmm. of murder you know we don't we don't tolerate it uh, we we have to hold each other to a higher standard as well as ourselves. So the uh, I nine forty stuff we had um, um, 
black leaders in the community on our show. We had uh, pops on our show. We we're talking about before this happened, and you were on that involved in that, Chris Leba. Um, but we're talking about we went the Charlena, Charlena Lyle. There's a lot of upset people in Seattle about how that happened, and of course there were some mental issues there as well. Police department that came to more training, the idea of how to de-escalate things. Um, you can solve some of these issues, but some of them will exist just because people are people, and there's you know the situations are different. That people, um, police officers need to have the training to be able to handle those situations, and then be trusted when they do. And like you said, when those occasions where they are breaking the law, then they should be prosecuted. You know where where they're doing it. So um, it is interesting that. You, where you need leadership at the state level and a local level to actually go in and not just have an agreement or and then go and let it go. These have, these are long-term. These are economic. These are about families. These are about restoring community. This is about relationship. Uh, we even, even we've had friends that were involved in those negotiations for 940 talking about our community. Once again, needs fathers, needs uh, to solve crime. How do you solve crime if you don't fix the root causes? Right, where they're turning to crime, where they don't have a family system, they don't have a community they can connect to. These these are bigger issues, but we can work if we are intentional about staying in the game as a community and working through them over the long haul. So, it's um, definitely going to take a village. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, and uh, a village of Republicans far outweighs a village of Democrats. I'm just saying. God bless them. Uh, you know. <laughs> Pro-life, pro-family, pro-law and order, you know, pro, I mean, obviously Marty's just like on his dad, you know, Father's Day is coming up here in a couple of weeks and he's really, you know, trying to get his kids to treat him the way my kids treat me. Because my, I treat, I get, Father's Day for me is like my second, second birthday. I mean, I get like gifts, lavish, gifts. I get steaks, I get all this stuff, right? But I have five children, you only have three. So, you know. Doug did something right. He had two sets of children. He's, you know, I mean, whatever. Kids. But, but no. Uh, and you lots know and lots of girls too. That's another one. And Marty's got a couple of girls too. A so couple of girls, yeah. Yeah. And, and Chris. I think you're right. And I, the thing, Chris, is that, you know, I know, I appreciate you taking the time to, you know, deviate over to the law enforcement thing. But this auditor thing, you know, this is one of those, like Marty said earlier, it's not like a sexy thing, but listen, it's important. Uh, so I just want to encourage our, our listeners, you know, don't just check the box for Trump. You know, go down that ballot. Look, look at these, these down, what we would call a down ballot race. You know, mm -hmm. this local stuff, this statewide stuff and your local stuff matters and affects your life more than anything that's going on in D.C. And, and that's what we're seeing in Seattle with this whole Chaz thing. It's like the local government has incredible power over our life. And with this key position of the, the state auditor for Washington is, is absolutely critical because it's not just Olympia. It's your water district. It's your county mm -hmm. government, government. It's your city government. And, and we got a guy here with integrity, a guy that's not trying to hurt nobody. That's all full of double negatives. He's trying to help people right. out. So Chris, you got just a couple minutes left. I mean, just, you know, give us a wrap up. Give us your, your elevator pitch. Yep. So, you know, at the end of the day, in my race, we have three people right now. We have two Democrats and myself. One of the guys, I, I don't know that he's, I don't know what he's doing. He's not, I don't know if he's staying very serious or not. Um, he wants to bring in robotics and uh, a company. Uh, he wants to bring in a software called Blue Prism to automate the auditor's office, which Blue Prism is built by 
not only one of his former employers, but also by uh, its, its headquarters in China right now. So I find a problem with putting Chinese software into every single auditing system in the state at the moment when we can't keep the Nigerians out of it, apparently. Um, but, uh, you know, the difference between me and the incumbent, and I, I really do believe it's going to come down to us, is she's been doing this for 33 years. She has been doing government in some capacity as long as I've been alive, actually a little bit longer. Um, this is the temple she built, Washington. What you see out there, uh, you know, the executive branch right now has 125 years of experience in government between them. If you think what's going on right now is good, you'll vote for them. But if you think that it's not, they can't deny it. They built it. So it's time to get them out. All right, Chris, give us your website. I am at www.leybaaudits.com. And you can find me on Facebook at Chris Leba for Washington State Auditor as well. And Marty and I heartily endorse Chris Leba for State Auditor. So go to his website, make a donation. If you see him out there on the campaign trail, give him a high five and let him know you're on his side. Well, this is the end of the day, huh? Doug Bassler here. And Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. See God you next bless. Week.